0: on safety?
1: Brent Brent Steele rule.
0: At the top of the show, I jokingly compared the start of the General Assembly's 2014 session to a polar vortex. Hey, we're nothing if not topical, so let's stick with that admittedly strained metaphor. Will the next 10 weeks be an icy maelstrom characterized by endless debates over contentious, dare I say polarizing issues? a shining example of bipartisan collaboration, or something in the middle. Here to answer that question and many others are House Speaker Brian Bosma, a Republican from Indianapolis, House Minority Leader Scott Pilath, a Democrat from Michigan City, Senate President Pro Tem David Long, a Republican from Fort Wayne, and Senate Minority Leader Tim Lannon, a Democrat from Anderson Thank you all for venturing in here. I think we may have some donuts from the green room for your sled dogs. If you guys, <laughs> well, there's you guys no coffee
1: in there. So that'd be you, a big step well, up. they
0: don't eat the sled dogs. Don't drink coffee anymore. Thank you all for making the digging through the uh, the snow and making the trek here. I appreciate it uh, as we start another session. Much was made last year at the outset of the session because of the super majorities that the Republican Party held in both uh, both chambers time I had ever seen that uh, in my memory. Uh, and y- there was a lot of concern about one side trampling on the other. Didn't seem to happen. You all seemed to get along more or less uh, co- fairly cooperatively uh, last year. Brian Bosma, why was that the case last year, if indeed it was, and what are you doing to ensure that it's the case again this year?
1: Well, it, it was, I think it was historic bipartisan cooperation, and it was intentional uh, it was on not just one person's behalf, but especially among the four people here. Uh, I'll give one example. Our, our premier legislation we had last year was the creation of the Indiana Career Council. It was on an issue that we all agreed, workforce development, and unlike some years where the majorities would just pick that up and give it to their, you know, front person and s- load it up with Republicans and say move forward, the four of us authored and sponsored that bill together. We had numerous press conferences about that and other issues. It, it was intentional, and it, uh, the credit should be spread all around. It doesn't mean we're going to, we did, or are going to agree on
2: every issue, but we can. Do no so fingers were crossed when you said any of that. Ladies right? and gentlemen, well, that, that's right. I mean, I, I think the speaker knows. I don't intend to have the House Democrats in the super uh, minority situation for very long. Super minority. <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at but, it. But, yeah. but, but the uh, the fact of the matter is, is I I I think the speaker and I agreed um, the situation was at times going to call for more bipartisanship. Right. we've had in the past. And and candidly, and I I think the speaker might agree with me too, um, when you have the majority caucus become very large, um, internal disagreements can begin to intensify. And that means that sometimes the Democrats will have a role in helping to, not necessarily mediate some of those things, but play play a job in perhaps softening some disagreements, providing alternatives, um, and trying to be helpful. And I've always said First role of the minority is to help when it's for the good of the state. And uh, that's what differentiates ourselves, I think, from Washington, D.C. We ought to be able to do those things that we do agree on. Out in Washington, they can't even do the stuff they do agree on. Senator <laughs> well, so yeah. Long, I mean, you're used to having a super-duper majority, I guess. Uh,
0: you had a super majority prior even to, your, to Brian Bosma here, uh, your counterpart in the House. Uh, how about this notion of, of wrangling uh, uh, a lot of perhaps – not always agreeable factions within your own party. Which is is that going to be a challenge for you this session?
3: It's always a challenge when you have large numbers. There's no question. I agree with Scott. He's uh, he's right. It's 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 a different kind of challenge. I I like having that problem, obviously. But uh, but uh, it's you know when you have large numbers, then people think they can peel off and not you know have to be part of the leadership decision making and all that and and get a vote. Uh, but I, I was very proud of our caucus this last year. We stuck together. We worked well together. And I. You know, Tim, Lan and I have grown up in the Senate together, really. I mean, we've known each other a long time, worked on a lot of legislation together before we were leadership. And so we know each other. We have mutual respect. Uh, Tim can come into my office or vice versa, and we do that often to talk things out. So you know, it's not a surprise that that we can work together. Obviously, we're going to have some fierce disagreements on some issues, and and I consider Tim to be a a very worthy opponent uh, up at the mic. But behind the scenes, we can work together. We always have been able to, and and we will be able to in the future.
0: Do you agree that that's the tone? And are you optimistic that the next 10 weeks will be characterized by that kind of uh, cordial, uh, cooperative approach? I I, I agree with
4: everything David said. We've uh, uh, known each other for a long time. We've worked together well for a long time. There's no reason uh, not to believe we we, uh, can't continue to do that. I think the only issue becomes uh, when you start dealing with some super contentious issues, such as the H.J.R. and. You knew right
0: where I was going. Well, this is, this is uh, the man that's going to be the human seg, uh, I mean the. Well the, uh, good, I, I'm glad <laughs> to. You just take me right to to punt there. that
4: back to you, but, but uh, it, what happens is, you know, there's just a lot of pressure and it comes from outside of the chamber, I think. Um, I think David uh, is right. Our job is to try to make sure that the debate is a civilized debate. Uh, that doesn't mean it won't get contentious at times, it probably will. Uh, you know, obviously the concern that I have as a, a leader of this, uh, on this matter is da- how much does it divert us from a lot of other issues that are more pressing that really need to be what we should be dealing with in, within the chamber. But as far as uh, the, the relationship between, uh, the, uh, the, the majority and the minority in the Senate, I think we, we have a long history of having a cordial, professional type of relationship. Uh, we'll have great debates, without any doubt, and I look forward to that. Well, you, can I add one more thing? You may. It's, it's you
1: little may. known by the public that uh, the four leaders, whoever they may be at the time, have to deal with a lot of issues together outside of the session time. We hired a new leader for legislative services, which there was a nationwide search for that person. We deal with personnel. We deal with administrative matters. We have to do so cooperatively. So how we deal with each other during that time really sets the stage for what happens during the session as well, where we agree and take each other's advice on a lot of issues. Including issues such as (coughs) H.A.R. 6, which uh,
0: (laughs) Senator Landon referred to this, of course, is also known as the marriage (laughs) amendment. Uh, Both chambers back in 2011 passed it overwhelmingly. Uh, Now it's uh, the, the ball is back in the legislature's court to see if, in fact, it will pass it again to send it to the ballot in November. Uh, it does promise to uh, push some other things off of the uh, off of the docket. Uh, do you worry about that, and how are you prepared to handle? it?
1: Not, not worried about that in the least. Uh, each one of the caucuses has set their priorities. We're going to deal with each of those priorities. And
0: that was not one of your formal priorities that you outlined. And it has been.
1: Uh, it is an issue that we'll deal with. You'll, here's the scoop. Uh, it isn't HJR6 or only 5 that i'm aware of hjrs have been filed so far so it's going to be 2 3 or 4 uh they're given a number as they come in and another item Very that'll clever, be
2: everyone have to redo their yard signs yeah no, <laughs> i know i'm my shocked scoop? that's <laughs> your scoop that's your scoop can you do better
1: well i'll give you one other uh, scoop also and by the time this airs uh, it will have been filed uh there's also a legislative intent bill that explains the impact statutorily of uh and answers some of the questions uh, that I think is House Bill 1153. That's going to be on the bill list today. I saw it last evening. So uh, there's there's going to be it, room for debate and discussion now about is, what is this that designed means.
0: to address? You know, this is a, and a, we can spend you know hours talking about this one Let's resolution. Not, but it is important though, and it's yeah. certainly a lot of people have have expressed strong opinions on both both sides. But it's a two part amendment. Uh, one part dealing with marriage specifically and another part right. that's a broader
1: look at civil unions and so and It has is, more questions related to it. It is, so.
0: right, about domestic violence, about domestic right. partner benefits, about every, uh, all number of things. Is the, the legislative intent uh, bill that you're talking about designed to address Absolutely. that second part? Absolutely. It addresses
1: part? each of those issues and it establishes that the intent of the legislature, presuming H.J.R. Uh, 3 or 4, whatever it may be now, uh, passes, mm-hmm. that it doesn't impact Local ordinances dealing with human rights, that it doesn't impact, uh, domestic partner benefits by political subdivisions or universities or private sector employers. Some of these are total red herrings. Uh, so you're comfortable with civil it, unions in the, in the, as they're, as it, it, it I think it broadly. makes the, the language is clear still that
2: civil unions are right. not allowed, but it does leave room, I think, for. And your intention for is nothing
0: that's in place now would be undone. That's exactly
2: yeah. Exactly. If I, if I yeah. can address this a little bit, and first, all, I, I know that, um, it's been stated this not a priority. I know it wasn't part of the Speaker's agenda. Um, I don't know how it looks over in the Senate. But the fact of the matter is, is that Eric mm-hmm. Miller is not running television ads about the business personal property tax. Um, when you sit down in Indianapolis... This and, is Advance America. That, this, that's is that's a, right. this is a conservative organization. People aren't talking about the ag gag over dinner. They're talking about the, the marriage amendment. And it's what's consuming the public discourse. And I am very fearful that it is going to have the potential to drive out our capacity uh, to deal with some of the real issues that Indiana faces. Because the fact of the matter is, it, 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 at a grassroots level, it does divert our attention. It does consume our energies. And I think our time is much better spent on other things. It's one of those solutions in search of a problem. And we know that public opinion is shifting. I understand all the nuances involved. With civil unions and domestic right. partnership benefits, the fact matters when you get out there, uh, it, 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 and the diners, and you're having those tabletop conversations. People just want to know: Are you for marriage equality, or are you against it? Are you for yeah. the amendment, or are you against well, it? Well, does a note of legislative intent at all satisfy the concerns that you have, or is that just the, the, the debates moved beyond not... that? The debate used to actually be more nuanced. Um, it used to involve legalities. It used to involve right. some of these ancillary things. But I think it's gone beyond that because. We now have so many states that have just embraced marriage equality altogether, and the question not, is now, it, it's, now, it's now gone from are you, are you, are you for traditional marriage or against it? And now the question is are you for marriage equality or against it?
4: But also, it uh, as gatekeepers of whether or not we put this on the ballot, I think the key question we have to look at too is are we prepared to launch our state into what I think could be described as a civil war over, on this issue? Are you for it or are you against it? And Are you talking about in the General Assembly of the session or more broadly? In, in the state. A, a in the, the state. If we approve state this resolution, no matter what the legislative intent is, it's, it, uh, Scott's right. It becomes a question then for the next 10, 11 months. One group's already gone up on the air, uh, which will divide. It's a divisive issue. It's going to divide communities. It's going to divide, I think, people within families. Um, it, it just seems to me this is a given where I think most of the – the uh, public is on this issue I've never seen societal attitudes change so rapidly on an issue as I have on this I have no reason to believe that those attitudes will change back by the way but it seems to me we would be better off just simply saying you know what we'll take a pass on this, this well, let's,
0: this let's ask the Senate gatekeeper uh, who really Gee, can, thanks uh,
4: <laughs> I know that's right
0: <laughs> I mean there's clearly strong emotions we saw uh, Freedom Indiana deliver what six thousand letters uh, to the State House Post uh, Office this week uh, supporting, I should say, opposing uh, the amendment. uh, As was alluded here by Tim Landon, there there are television spots now up from Advance America. This is getting highly contentious. Even organizations such as, say, the Indiana State Chamber of Commerce, which has not taken a formal position, has said it's concerned that it would push other issues uh, away and maybe take up time Uh, energy, oxygen, if you will, that could be devoted to economic development issues and other sorts of things. How do you balance those issues?
3: Look, we've we've dealt with contentious issues in the Mm -hmm. past. Uh, The right to work issue could have been more contentious. And yet we did a lot of other things that session. And we will do the same thing this year. This is is not necessarily the the hot issue du jour. It is different. it, it, It brings new different passions to the table. But we'll get through it and we will do other things as well. The thing is, remember, we've been dealing with this for 11 years in Indiana. Uh, It it would have been long out the door, but the fact that the House has changed back and forth and different leadership and decision-making.
0: Senate Senate leaders have changed.
3: Two years ago, this issue passed 40 to 8 with bipartisan support in the Senate. I don't disagree that that attitudes are changing. Young people don't uh, consider this as important as, as the older generations do. But the fact is that there's a diverse amount of opinion in our caucuses. And the fact is that we represent different parts of Indiana, and different parts of Indiana deal with, feel differently about this issue. We're going to have to deal with this. And Let me finish if I can, John. We're going to have to deal with this, no question about it. And we will deal with it, and and it will get past us. It, unfortunately, it is an issue that's passionate and contentious, and there's nothing we can do about that at this point. We're not going to pull it off the table because some people disagree on it. We're going to have to deal with it. That's modern leadership. We will deal with it. We'll get it. We'll get it past us, and we'll deal with other issues and, in Indiana. So I'm hearing as well. both
0: of you say we are going to hear this. We're going to consider it, maybe with this additional legislative note. What is going to happen? And I'm guessing you're both predicting it would pass. So then, does I'm, it, I'm, I'm not, I don't know the answer to
1: you that. Don't I'm that. not I, saying I, that. But I do agree <laughs> with something very strong that David said, that we've, and, I, and I appreciate your sen- sentiment on it, uh, Senator. And Scott, as well, has said the same thing. It's a divisive issue. I started making a mental note about the issues that, that's been brought up. I can't deal with daylight savings time because it's divisive. We can't deal with uh, no, I the ins- in I know. <laughs> with the inspector general establishing an inspector general to root out corruption. In the state because it's divisive. Right to work. I mean, school choice for inner city families. I mean, all these things. The the mantra every time has been, oh my gosh, this is divisive. People disagree. This more. may be in a
0: whole new category though, yeah. in terms of the the divisiveness or potential uh, divisiveness. I right. mean, you've heard what they're saying, and they, it sounds as if the one strategy may. I don't want to speak for both of you, but is to get it done get it out of the way quickly so that you have time for other issues a we actually
1: agree on that when we had this conversation
0: yeah, the, but so, regardless so, of the result
2: I did say speaker whatever you're going to do tear the bandage off it, it, yeah.
4: yeah so yeah. Done you it, want enough.
0: it you agree do it no. fast because there's nothing it either you can not, do to it
4: does not mean things get done fast all it does is launch us for the next 10 months into a statewide debate over this issue of, of uh, discrimination against one group of, of individuals in the state of Indiana uh, which you know, when you're talking about discrimination and you're talking about targeting a specific group, passions arise. And uh, it will be a very contentious, divisive issue for the entire state, is my point, for months on end. I think it would be better if we did not go down that path. We had the courage. We had the courage to simply say, We pass on this. We we see the tea leaves here, we see where the future is, and we choose as a state not to go down this road of division and contention. And we also stand up and say, you know what, we don't believe that the idea of even considering placing discrimination in our Constitution is a good idea. That to me would be real leadership on this issue. If I can just
1: have one more thought with the hope that we move on to something else. Uh, There are 29 states that have a constitutional amendment that protects a statute. There are 17 states that have legalized same-sex marriage, and then there are four, maybe three now, states that are in the middle that have a statute but no constitutional protection for it. And Indiana lies in that. I'm not very comfortable with that. If this decision is to be made, I don't think one judge should make it as a judge has in eight or nine states uh, over the objections of the people in some cases, but the people and their elected representatives should decide.
0: Believe. We could go on, obviously, on this uh, issue. It's threatening to push everything else off of our agenda, I guess, in this discussion. And <laughs> Only I don't in wanna, the media is it pushing I, everything uh, else I'm off not, the I'm not sure I buy that necessarily. <laughs> This isn't a budget session, but as in every session, budget or not, money is, is always at the heart of many, many, many discussions, even the one we just had, I suppose, in, in some ways. Uh, the governor's tax proposal to do away with the business, personal property tax. It's billion a billion-dollar-a-year tax, goes to local governments, local schools. Uh, basically, is sounds dead on arrival. Uh, the the proposal that, that uh, your caucus has come forth with, well, explain it. It's, it's, a,
1: it's, sure. a, it's definitely a softer blow potentially to local government. Well, it's $1.07 billion that goes to local schools, uh, local units of government, and I can understand people running for the lifeboats when the word eliminate is used in the context with that without a discussion of replacement. Uh, what our team announced yesterday, uh, along the same lines, agreeing with the goal that this tax needs to be addressed, is a local county option allowing counties to make the decision to exempt new equipment either purchase new, uh, that moves from out of state, or uh, an expansion, not one county, an employer moving from one county to another, uh, but to give counties that option, much as they have abatement now would be permanent permanent exemption on new investment. So to me that makes sense. Eventually if you play that out like we did with the inventory tax, which most all of us participated in years ago. That's how we started, and ultimately the inventory tax was gone in a measured fashion. And the yep.
0: governor seems amenable to this. Did you, did you consult with him? This the,
1: <clears throat> he was appreciative of the proposal, very appreciative. I know uh, the Senate's going to have some ideas of their own along the same lines and
2: maybe some expansion what, uh, difference. I want to say a couple of things. First of all, um, the governor made, I think, a hasty proposal. I'm not sure he thought through the impact all the way. These same businesses that he, that. that he wants to try to help also need things like police protection, fire protection, and plows to come through so people can get there to buy stuff. Um, and it, I don't think he recognized the direct impact there's going to be there. Having said that, the, the Speaker's proposal, and I'm going to give him some credit, i give him some credit, is substantially more common sense. Um, Does that mean you if, can support if, it? If you're, going to, if you're going to go that direction, but I've got to make a secondary point with about some of the business taxes in general whatever ails us as a state business taxes are not the reason um and they are not the problem we have a top 10 business tax climate that both parties have helped to try to create um and if the middle class is still struggling if our median incomes are below the national average if uh people are struggling to get uh, new skills if they're struggling with issues like healthcare um uh, business taxes aren't the reason <laughs> okay we 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 we've done a good job there. And I think we need to address the fact that there's other priorities that have to be addressed um, other than just that.
0: Senator, you uh your colleague here suggested the Senate will have some ideas of its own. What, okay. what are you those generally ideas
2: do. You generally do. That's right. Well, I'll
0: tell you
3: right. what we're thinking. I and I I think what the governor's trying to achieve is a uh, a as competitive a business climate as we can get. No. Scott's right uh we're a top ten state, but you're not going to stay there. There's moving parts. Michigan has dramatically changed their mm-hmm. tax climate in response to what we've done in Indiana. Right. Uh although in this case they're waiting
0: until their phase out goes to what, twenty twenty four? regardless,
3: regardless, the point is that people are reacting and they're changing and they're trying to create a climate that that's attractive for uh for business to come to their state. Now Indiana Indiana uh has a high uh corporate tax compared to others. There's one outlier in our whole package of things and that's the corporate tax. We think another alternative might be to uh, cut the corporate tax further in Indiana and in conjunction with the discussion about uh, personal property taxes, create a situation where we exempt on uh, a substantial portion of small business people from having to pay it. Uh, It turns out it's oftentimes more expensive to fill out the paperwork than, than the tax you're paying on it and if we can get seven out of ten or eight out of ten businesses in this state not to have to pay it uh, small business being the economic driver of the uh, indiana economy uh, i think we'll have also achieved some substantial gains there if we do this we believe the tax foundation has told us that we'll move from top, the tenth best uh, tax climate to the eighth best in the country and if that's the goal, the stated goal of governor Pence, which i think it is, is to create a better climate, keep us competitive, keep us driving to bring more jobs in indiana will achieve that goal. So we have a different approach. It's collaborative. We're, we're talking with the governor's office and, and the House Republican leadership on this, but we think this is a, an alternative idea, and we're going to roll that How out. How do you
0: backfill, though, for the local yeah. lost revenue for the locals? Well,
3: As- that is not a local loss in the sense of the, ca- the corporate tax is a state tax, and we do have some alter- some balancing out. We think we can put it in such a way that it mostly pays for itself uh... and the, the loss will be uh... with uh, it, it minimal i think in the personal property tax area given the approach we're taking but it's all subject to discussion uh... these are all good ideas worthy of discussion we need to be able to pay for things and that's the bottom line
4: the uh, sled dogs are starting to yelp so yeah, we gotta go. go ahead i just think in terms of attracting business to the state of indiana there's other things we can look at we can look at the overall healthiness of our of our state we're not very healthy uh, i don 't see where this is going to improve that. I think we could attract more employers if we were able to do something to improve health uh, invest in, in in combating the problems we have in that regards. Also you know early childhood education is something which is going to call for an investment and you just can 't continue to cut taxes everywhere for business. They've had all the, the, all the tax breaks in the past. We need to start investing in what's going to build up our state, too. All right.
0: Unfortunately, we're out of time. Oh, how I wish this were an hour-long discussion or more. Again, my guests have been House Speaker Brian Bosman, Indianapolis Republican, House Minority Leader Scott Pilath, a Michigan City Democrat, Senate President Pro Tem David Long, a Fort Wayne Republican, and Senate Minority Leader Tim Lannon, an Anderson Democrat. Thank you all for being here.